Now, I want you to listen to me for the next little while. Today will be more probably like a Wednesday night Bible study than it will be a Sunday morning evangelistic service. But today, I want to lay some things out for you that you need to know. And some of you here may already know, and many of you do, but some of you may not understand how particular God really is. If you go back to the Old Testament with the Lord and start reading about His plan, the tabernacle plan was precise. Everything was in a certain place. Everything had to be done a certain way. You didn't play with the anointed things of God. I'm not used to all our kids sitting over there, but let me tell you something. I allowed you to sit over there, but if y'all don't worship, you'll be right back over here. Let me tell you that right now. Amen. I love my kids, our young people. Amen. Every piece of furniture was in the right place. Everything had to be done in order. You didn't play with the anointing of God. If you went into the Holy of Holies and there was sin in your life, the priesthood, they literally had to drag them out because they died in the presence of God. God is a particular God. He's very specific in the things that he said. As a matter of fact, he has taken people over his word and taken them down because of the things that, that uh they did wrong according to the word of God. I can show you that in the scripture. I don't have time to do all that today. Go to the Passover. Look at what he told Israel. He gave them a plan. This is what you have to do. You have to go get a lamb, a spotless lamb. You have to bring it to your household. You have to tie it outside your door for four days. You have to slay the lamb. You have to eat the lamb. You have to apply the blood to the doorpost and above the door. And, and when the death angel passes over and he sees the blood, he will, he will pass over your house. But if the blood is not applied, there will be death to come to your house. It was a specific God-given plan. I could, I could say a lot of things, and I don't want to take a lot of time in, in my preliminary remarks today because I have some important things to say. I'm just pointing out to you how particular God is. Naaman, when he went to, to the prophet to be healed, and the prophet said, go dip in the muddy Jordan seven times. Naaman got upset because he was a, a well-to-do guy. And he said, there's beautiful rivers and lakes where I come from. Why have I got to go get in the muddy Jordan? Because God said so. And if you want to do what God said, then you'll get healing from your leprosy. But if you don't, you won't. God is particular. Saul, he told Samuel said, I don't destroy the Amalekites. He didn't. He kept Agag. And, and when he kept Agag, it came back to bite him. Because when Samuel walked back into the camp, he said, I hear the lowing of oxen and the bleeding of sheep. And who's this guy? I'm paraphrasing now. And the Lord, the, Samuel said unto him, who is this? He said, oh, this is Agag. We kept him. We're going to make sport of him. But God said, no, 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 no. Samuel said, that's not what I said, do. I said, utterly destroy the Amalekites. And you didn't. So God removed Saul from the throne, lost his anointing, insomuch, insomuch that he wound up at a witch's graveside, calling a witch from the ground and asking for help. 
Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. God is particular. When he knocked Saul of Tarsus down on the road to Damascus, he spoke to him and gave him specific instruction. You go to this street and you go see this man and he's going to tell you what to do to be saved. And God had a plan of action for Saul. Now why are you saying all that, Pastor? Because I want you to understand that what I am about to preach to you or say to you for the next little while is very important to God. So important that Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 5 said there is one Lord. Somebody say there's one Lord. Say there's one faith. Say there's one baptism. There's not three lords. There's not two lords. There's not five lords. There's one Lord. There's not ten faiths. There's, somebody asks you what faith you're about. You need to be of the Bible faith. There's one faith. And there's one baptism. Now if I offend you today, I want you to come talk to me and we'll go to the word of the Lord. And if I'm wrong, I'll throw in the towel. How about that? But if you're wrong, you've got to throw in the towel. Is that a deal? If I tell you wrong today, I'll apologize publicly. But if I tell you right, how about you obeying the word of the Lord today? Somebody shout amen. We're to talk about baptism today. Baptism is important. As a matter of fact, in the book of Mark, the Bible said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Anybody ever read that scripture? Baptism is not an option. Baptism is part of our salvation. Can I get an amen? It's not if you want to. As a matter of fact, it is a necessity. How do I know that? I plan to give you many scriptures today. But I want to go back and I want to talk about what baptism is for and why we baptize, and how we baptize, and why it's important that we baptize. First of all, let me, preface, uh, let, let me uh, talk about baptism in this way first, and, and, and before any remark, let me just put a, a precursor before that. This is not a fad, this is an experience with God. We're not doing this because it's popular, we're doing this because it's a part of salvation. Amen? Somebody shout amen. So, baptism was commanded of the Lord. <clears throat> I'm just going to give you some scriptures and go through some things real quick. Baptism is for the remission of your sins. It's, what, it's the washing of the inward man. It's not the water that has the power, but it's here that the blood of Jesus is applied to the soul. Let me give you some word today. Luke 24, 47. Jesus, when he was about to ascend and go back to glory, he told his disciples, Luke 24, 40, thank you. I'm going to work you over today, Tommy. Repentance and remission of sins shall be preached in his name, Jesus' name, beginning at Jerusalem. Let's now locate the time and the occasion where this command is carried out. I want you to see this. In Acts chapter 2, let me go back for a moment. Before I go to Acts chapter 2, I, I, I want to lay this out so you can understand it. So please listen close. How many of you have heard of Simon Peter? Simon Peter. 
Do you know who Simon Peter was? He was an apostle. He was called of Jesus Christ. He was, he was a guy that was an old burly fisherman that God got out of the rough and, and, he, and he made something out of him. But in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus looked at his disciples one day and he said, who does men say that I am? And one of them said, well, I heard the other day that you were Isaiah the prophet. And another one said, well, I heard you were Jeremiah. And, and he said, I, I, I'm not interested, I'm paraphrasing, he said, I'm not interested in what you've heard. Who do you say that I am? And it was Simon Peter that said to him, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. You know what Jesus said to him, Simon Barjona? Flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. You know what he's saying? This is a spiritual revelation. He said, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my Father which is in heaven. He said, upon this rock, what rock? Upon the confession of faith by Simon Peter as to who the identity of Jesus Christ was. He said, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But here's what he went on to say. He said, Simon, I'm going to hand you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. He said, Simon, here's the key. Whatever you say is what it's going to be because this is what he said. Whatever you bind on earth is going to be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth is going to be loosed in heaven. In other words, Simon, I'm handing you the keys to the kingdom. Here they are. Here they are. We followed that story to Luke 24, 47. And then we go to Acts 2, 38. If you'll put that on the screen, because here's what happened in the book of Acts, chapter 2. The Bible said, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting, and cloven tongues set upon them like as fire. And, and they spoke in tongues. I'm going to paraphrase quickly here. They spoke in tongues and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost for the very first time. That was on what we call the day of Pentecost. It was there that Simon, the Bible said, Simon Peter stood up with the 11 and he said, men and brethren, these are not drunken like as you suppose, like you think they are. He said, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, saith God, I'm going to pour my spirit out upon all flesh. And he went on to say, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and, and so forth. But when he preached on, he preached Christ and him crucified in Acts chapter 2. Check me out. Until finally they were under conviction, Brother Eric, and somebody said, men and brethren, Acts 2.37, put that first. Men and brethren, what must we do? When they were pricked in their heart, everybody say they were convicted. They said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Simon, if he had a pocket, he reached down in his pocket and he got a key. The same one the Lord gave him in Matthew 16. And he said this. Here's what you got to do. He said unto them, repent. Everybody say repent. And he said, you got to be baptized. Come on, say it with me. Be baptized. Every one of you 
in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And then he said, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Who said that? The guy that had the keys to the kingdom. He opened the door of salvation to all men. He went on to say in, in the next few verses, save yourselves. He, he said the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And then he said, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Why are you preaching this today? Because I want you to understand what baptism is. It, it, is, a, it is nothing without repentance. Repentance must precede baptism. Repentance is a must or baptism is void. You have to repent of your sins and say, Lord, and truly repent. Repentance is this. It's doing a 180 and heading back the other way. Amen? Repentance is turning your life around. It's saying, I'm sorry, and I'm not going there anymore to the best of my ability. Now, here's, here's, what, here's what happens when you repent. God forgives. I told someone just yesterday, he's the greatest and quickest forgiver I know. He forgives a whole lot quicker than we do. We want to hold a grudge on everybody that sins. We want to say, well, I remember what you did in 2014. But God don't. He just says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins. That's what the Bible said. I didn't say that. I'm quoting scripture today. So, so, when you repent of your sins, you are a candidate and ready for baptism. Baptism is for the remitting or the washing away. It's for the washing of your sins. Here's what Acts 22, 16 said when, when, when the Lord spoke to, to, uh, to Saul and sent him to Ananias. Ananias said, he said, be baptized and wash away thy sins. Wash them away. In 1 Corinthians 6 and 11, the Bible said you are washed. You are washed. Somebody say we're washed. We get the, according to Titus 3.10, we are washed. The Bible said we are saved by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. So what happens when we go down in water is the blood of Jesus, according to Revelation, is applied to a man because the blood is the only thing that can take away sin. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God for Calvary, amen? But when you go down in water and a preacher said, I baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ, you are about to have your sins washed away and he will forget, never forget, Never remember them anymore, but forget them forever. So, baptism. Here's what John said. Jesus said it, matter of fact, and John recorded it. When when Nicodemus came to him in the night and said, Good master, we know that our teacher came from God. Nobody can do these miracles except God be with him. And the Lord ignored his question about who he was. And he said, Nicodemus, except a man is born of the water and of the Spirit, he can't enter the kingdom of God. you got to be born again of water, right there, and of Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6 and 11 said, let me move back, let me move back. 
Titus 3.10 talks about the washing of regeneration. Baptism is a purging and a cleansing of the conscience. Watch me right here. 1 Peter 3.20, baptism doth now save us. Does anybody believe that? That's in the scripture. Baptism doth now save us. It's a part of our salvation. Hebrews 9 and 11 talks about the blood of Christ purging your conscience from dead works. Now, and I'm going to talk about this a little more, but we do rebaptize people. Is it necessary biblically? No. If they're baptized in Jesus' name, they're baptized. But I, I, I want to go back very quickly to my early days of pastoring. A lady that was probably 80 years old came to me in privacy. And she said, Pastor, I've been baptized for many, many years. I was just a kid. I don't really remember it. But I've just been feeling. She's getting near her time of, to go be with the Lord. She knew that. She said, I've I just been feeling. Could I come up here one day and you baptize me again? I said, absolutely. And we're going to have some people today that's going to get baptized again. That were baptized maybe small or many, many years ago. That don't, don't, don't remember or didn't understand all about it at the time. So, it's not a shame. Let me tell you, I'll, I, matter of fact, I love baptism so much. I got baptized two years ago yesterday in the Jordan River in the name of Jesus Christ. I was baptized when I was a kid, but I went to Israel and got baptized again. You did too, Doris. You did too, Burdock. You did too, Don and Charlie. It ain't a shame to be baptized again. Don't you worry about what anybody's going to say. You get on up here and let us put you under because you've got to have a clean conscience, void of offense toward God. And if that's what it takes to get you feeling better, let's take care of that today. Amen? Baptism is a burial and a birth. Yes, it is. Romans 6, 3 and 4 said we are buried with him in baptism. You go down in burial, you come up a, a new man. It's a birth. It's, it's not all there is to the new birth, but it's an element of the new birth. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And that baptism is in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are buried with him, Colossians said, in baptism. Now, how do you, what does baptism do? It puts you in the body of Christ. It, 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 the only way in Scripture that I've ever found to get into Christ is to be baptized into Christ. I read that. As many of you as have been baptized into Christ, Paul said, Galatians 3.27, have put on the Lord Jesus. You're baptized into Christ. You can't say a prayer and get into Christ. You are baptized into Christ. Here's why baptism is so important. And I hope you're staying with me today. We believe in the death, burial, resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Everybody believe that? Next Sunday we're going to celebrate the resurrection of the Lord. Amen? So here's what we believe. Jesus died. What do you do with dead folks? Well, let me say this first of all. No, let me do Let me go about it. I'm trying to get the right way so you can understand it. He died. He was buried. When people die, what do we do? Bury them. Amen? And then he arose. He was resurrected. So here's what we believe. 
Our salvation is predicated upon the cross and upon Calvary. So we die with him when we repent. We kill the old carnal man, Stephanie. We kill our carnality when we die. When we repent, we die. When we are baptized, we are buried with Christ. That's what the Bible said. And then when we arise, we, the Bible said we arise to walk in the newness of life and we get resurrection power because the Bible said if you do it the Bible way, repent and be baptized in Jesus' name, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Understand why baptism is so important? It's not just a fad. It's not, well, I don't know if I really want to. You better want to. You got to go to heaven. You got to get out of this world. And if you're not baptized when he comes back, you're not going to get any higher than you can jump. See, I told you it was going to be more like a Wednesday night, but I'm doing what I need to do here today. There's been, there's been some, some uh, confusion in times gone by about a scripture, and I'm going to clear it up today. It's found in Matthew 28, 19. Would you put that up there, please? And this is what the Bible said in Matthew 28, 19. Jesus was talking to his disciples. And he said, I want you to go into all the nations, baptizing them in the name, everybody say name, of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. The name of the Father. How many fathers do we have here? Put your hand up. I'm a father. How many sons do we have here? Every male, put your hand up. I'm trying to help you today. He said, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So there's been some confusion, and instead of doing many times what Jesus said do, they just polyparrot the verse. That's not what the Lord said to do. How do I know that? Because Peter was there. And Peter heard him say that. And the rest of the disciples heard him say that. Now, I'm going to stun you right now, but I challenge you, and I'm not being a smart aleck, but I challenge you. We baptize in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because the name of the Father is Jesus. And the name of the Son is Jesus. And the name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. I'll write you a million dollar check today and put Father on it and you can't get it cashed. I'll put Son on it and it's up worth 15 cents. I'll put Husband on it and you can't get it cashed. But if I put Danny Chance on it, you got me in trouble because I ain't got a million dollars. Does that make sense? Am I, am I, am I everybody with me? See, I'm teaching you something maybe some of you didn't know, but listen to me. The name of the Father is not Father, and the name of the Son is not Son, and the name of the Holy Ghost is not Holy Ghost. You want Bible? I'm going to give you Bible. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming. John 5, 43, put it up there. You know what? Hebrews 1 and 4 said that Jesus got his name by inheritance. You know why my name's Chance? Because my daddy's name was Chance. Hebrews 1 and 4 said that, God, that Jesus got his name by inheritance. Who's his father? God. We know that God's a spirit. I, can't, I don't have time to preach one God. I wish I did. 
I could tell I give you a one God Bible lesson, you leave here never, never believe in nothing else. But I don't have time to do all that today. But here's what Jesus said I am come in my Father's name. Hmm? Isaiah 9 and 6 said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government should be on the shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. So who was born according to Isaiah 9 and 6? The Everlasting Father, Jesus Christ. That makes sense? So you want to know the name, singular, of the Father? It's Jesus. You want to know who the Son is? Matthew one twenty one. Put it up there. Matthew one twenty one. Here's what the angel appeared unto Mary, and she, she said, She shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Son's name is Jesus, not son. You know what Jesus said? You want to know who the Holy Ghost is? The Holy Ghost is the Holy Spirit. Or the, it's the spirit of a departed person. A, co- a ghost is a spirit of a departed person. Not another person, but a spirit of a departed person. So the Holy Ghost, Jesus said this in John 14, 26. Put it up there. John 14, 26. I didn't mean to do all this today, but I feel it. John 14, 26, Jesus was talking. Here's what he said. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send, how? In my name. And it was Jesus that looked at them one day and he said, I'm with you right now, but I'm going to be in you. Amen? Does that make sense to you? So if you're wondering today why when I baptize or we baptize, we say in the name of Jesus Christ, here's why. How many of y'all still love me? I don't want to offend you today, but you've got to know this, okay? Because never anywhere in the Bible is anybody baptized with the administrator of baptism saying, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. But every time it was in the name of Jesus. I didn't come to win friends and influence people. I come to tell you truth today. And this is truth. I'm not, I'm not preaching against, if you've been baptized, look, do you understand there's 400, over 400 baptisms in the world today? Over 400. Somebody's not right. The only way I know to check mine out is to go to this book. And there's five occasions in the scriptures where people are baptized You'll find them baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus or the name of the Lord Jesus Christ or the name of the Lord. You say, well, the name of the Lord, you, that doesn't mean Jesus. Well, really? Last time I read Paul or Saul on his way to Damascus when God knocked him down with a light, he looked up to the heavens and said, Lord, Lord, who art thou, Lord? And the voice came out of heaven and said, I'm Jesus whom thou persecutest. The name of the Lord is Jesus. I said the name of the Lord is Jesus. Some of you is hearing it for the very first time. I didn't come to draw swords with you today. I come to tell you it's baptism Sunday. Besides that, why in the world can we pray in Jesus' name? Can we ask the blessing over food in Jesus' name? Shall we lay hands on the sick in Jesus' name? Shall we do everything in Jesus' name but refuse to put people under the water in Jesus' name? I got a scripture for you. Acts chapter 4 verse 12. Would you put it up please? Here's why I baptize in the name of Jesus. Neither 
is their salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's not another name higher than him. Philippians 2.9 says he has a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I can't put it out there any better than I just did. So today's Baptism Sunday. It's important that we get you baptized in the name that is above every name. How many of you love that name? Man, doesn't it feel good that when you're in, in, a, in a bind and, and, and the doctor says you got incurable disease, just to say, Jesus, oh, Jesus. When you're going down the road and there's an 18-wheeler that changes lanes and about to hit you and you just say, Jesus. And all of a sudden, he just shows up and shows out. Takes care of that name is above every name. The Bible said at the, at the name of Jesus, demons tremble. We got to repent and we got to be baptized. And if you need to be baptized, get look, okay, one, one other thing. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 10, all baptized in the name of Jesus. Paul, the Bible said that, that he was put under it and they were calling on the name of the Lord. That means invoking the name of the Lord over Paul. Watch this. Please put up for me Acts chapter 19, verse 1. I'll close with this. I'm in, I'm not, we're going to have plenty of time. Don't worry. You've got to get this. Some of you... And look, I may I want you to look at me today. I'm not gaining anything by making you mad. I come here today to try to open up our minds a little bit. I want to save you. Okay? Well, what about so and so? I can't, I'm not a judge, okay? I'm not, I'm, I'm not here to judge anybody. What about my grandma? I, I'm not a judge, I'm not God. I'm only telling you what the Bible says, okay? That's between you and God and them and God. That's all I can do. What about this one? What about, I can't answer all those questions. God didn't appoint me to be a judge. He told me to be a witness. So that's what I'm here to do, okay? Paul went through Ephesus. Paul, while Apollos was in Corinth, having passed through the upper coast of Ephesus, he found certain disciples there. Everybody say they were religious people. Watch what he did. He said unto them, here's another sermon within itself. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said to him, we haven't, we haven't so much as heard that there be any Holy Ghost. What are you talking about? We don't, we don't know anything about that. He said unto them, okay, how were you baptized? And they said, the John's baptism reading out of the Bible now. Paul said, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying this is what John said unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. In other words John was baptizing, I baptize you unto repentance, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, he's coming and you got to believe on him. He was the forerunner of Jesus, we all know that. 
So then in verse 5, the Bible said, when they heard this. Everybody say, when they heard this. I want to stop right now. Lord, let the spirit of those disciples of Acts 19 hit this church right now. Let it come on this congregation right now. Because when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let me read a little more. When Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. They had a new experience. They were good people. They had been baptized, Jay. They were followers of John. John didn't know all of it. He just said, there's one coming after me that, that's greater than I am. And you got to believe on him. And when Paul said, how will you baptize? They said, well, we, John baptized us under repentance. He said, that's not enough. We got to get you baptized in Jesus' name. Now, baptism don't make any difference. Why did he rebaptize those people? You believe me, Jerry? I see you shaking your head. I know you do. So this is why we believe baptism is so important. So we've never done this in the history of this church called Baptism Sunday. But we have some young people that wanted to be baptized. We got some adults that want to be baptized. And I read that he that believeth and is baptized. Now, just believing in baptism, we could, we could teach Bible lessons on what it means to believe he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. For thus spake he of the Spirit, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. I could preach that for an hour today. But here's the step that you need to take this morning. You need to repent of your sins. If you haven't already, many of you have. And you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And I will do that right now. Now, we left you today with no excuses. We got clothes. For you, we got towels, we got all kind of stuff to be baptized. We spent a lot of money to get ready. We didn't know how many or who. It may be, I was thinking this morning, well, what if it's only one? Guess what? The Bible said, the Bible, here's what the Bible said. All of heaven rejoices over one soul. One soul. All of heaven looks down and says, yes! Yes! You got to lose your pride, honey. You got to forget about... Look, I, I preached one time in this church that the true test of a man's sincerity, Jesus named it. He said, you got to leave father, mother, brother, sister... Houses, land, you got to forsake even your own life if necessary. You got to do whatever it takes. So, the true test of sincerity is laying down your pedigree, forgetting about who's behind you, forgetting about, you know, I'm not this because mama was, I'm not this because daddy was. I had to get this for myself. And when I got down and got to studying and looking at it for myself, it made sense to me. I'm not here to preach you some doctrine from a denomination. Because I don't believe Pentecost is just a denomination. I believe it's an apostolic experience for everybody. And anybody can have it that wants it. But today, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna wash a lot of sins away. 
We're going to put your past behind you. And we got a team that's gathered up. They're going to shout about it, rejoice about it. We're going to pull you right up here in front of everybody. We pulled out the old-fashioned horse trough today. We're doing it old style. We got a big, nice baptistry that you can't see nothing in. But today, we're going to do it right here where everybody can see. Now, here's the thing. If you signed up to be baptized, great! If you didn't sign up, it's okay. We want you to be baptized. If Listen to me real close. Listen to me. Everybody look at me right now. If you don't know what the preacher said when he baptized you, you need to let me baptize you today. If he didn't say in Jesus' name, you need to let me baptize you today. Amen? Look at all these folks. That's a bunch of them are going to get baptized. Woo! I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. Hallelujah. This is exciting. Now, here's what I want us to do. Everybody stand with me right now. Nobody's leaving this building. Matter of fact, this is going to be one of the happiest and rejoicing Sundays we've ever had. If you signed up, just follow the crowd. They'll show you where to go. We got change in places. We got clothes. If you didn't sign up, listen to me, and you're in this church today. If you didn't sign up, but you don't know if you've been baptized, don't you take the chance of walking out of here today without being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. It's not going to be, look, look how many is going to do this. Look what's going to happen. We're going to rejoice with you. It, it, nobody, look, if you've been in this church for years, nobody's going to say, well, I guess old so-and-so backslid here. They come back from back. That's not true. That's not true. No pressure. We can't put pressure on you because if we put pressure on you, your baptism's in vain. You got to want it. You got to want it. You got to want to do it. You got to want to get rid of your sins. You got to want to live for God. You got to want to repent. You got to want to get right with the Lord. You got to want to walk the walk and talk the talk. You got to want to be filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. You got to want it. You can't just do it because everybody else is doing it. You got to.